This is One Ogden. I'm John Miles. I got a lot of love for a lot of local artists, but I have to admit, Earthworm is the one I listen to most often. So we hung out and talked for more than 90 minutes about loving music and the creative process and finding inspiration. But for now, 30 minutes is all you get. I really don't know, but I loved drumming. It's just, you live in apartments and stuff growing up. It's like, what are you going to do? You know? So yeah, I haven't drummed in like a long time. I still play like little bits of guitar. Like I can dink around, you know, and ukulele and that's about it. But did you grow up here? Um, yeah, I moved here when I was 14, 13. Um, I'm from Nebraska. So born in Rhode Island, grew up in Omaha. Moved here when I was 14. I've been here most of my life now. You listen to Bright Eyes? Dog, you know it, bro. I got a, cur- I got a cursive tattoo. What? Wait. Uh, yeah, Tim Kasher and Connor Overs were some of my first like inspirations. Which is corny when you're from there, but I don't care. And yeah, same with The Ugly Organ. That's got to be top three albums for me of all time. Really? It's just so concise, dude. And like the concept is crazy. And everything, he's, he's writing about writing. You know what I mean? He's writing about performing as he's performing at. But. And so like your music taste growing up, not all hip hop, but all lyrical? Um, I mean, I grew up in Nebraska, so like it was no hip hop at all until third, fourth grade. I swam at this pool a lot in the summer and they'd play like the radio. And that was when like my name is Eminem was playing all the time and they were playing a bunch of Biggie and Tupac and stuff. So I like secretly liked it. Like, I don't know. You know what I mean? You don't say anything like your parents are like this garbage. And you're like, I like this. You know what I mean? Low key. But, um, yeah, like seventh and eighth grade, that's when like outcast got big and Nelly was huge. So I was all about that stuff, but at the same time, yeah, it was like, I was a little indie kid, you know what I mean? But yeah, I think that kind of came later on when I started getting like 13, 14, when I moved here, I started getting into like under more underground hip hop and then I was hooked. You yeah. know what I mean? When did you know that you could rap? <laughs> I can't, dude. I still can't. <laughs> um, I don't even, I don't know. Like I remember in ninth grade, I did a project uh, for an English class and I had to, I don't remember why I ended up rapping it. But we had to do like some sort of poetry and I rapped about the Ninja Turtles for like three minutes, which is really weird to do in high school. That'd be really cool if you're like in fifth grade. But in high school, it's kind of weird, bro. Um, But the Ninja Turtles rip. So but I think I did that and I just had a really good time with it. Um, And I always wrote, you know what I mean? I was always writing weird stuff and I didn't. Yeah. Like not even songs, just like poems and like what I didn't know would be songs, what could be songs. Uh And then I kind of found a place you know what I mean? To put them when I started listening to like Rhyme Sayers and stuff like that. I was like, oh, I can do like I can write. I can rap about emo stuff in my life. And that's OK. You know what I mean? Yeah. So once I heard that you could do it, you know, I, I started doing it. It was always rap music that you were making. Though. You never tried any other kinds. No, I did stuff with like um, this band Cedars back in the day. Mm. I like sang with them a little bit and I wrote a couple songs with them. I played on stage a couple times with the homies, but I didn't really do anything with them. Like I was like singing backup vocals. And where did the name Earthworm come from? Um, a bunch of things. Earthworms are way sick. Like, just look it up, dude. They're crazy. <laughs> like everything they do. And like they're underground, you know, they like eat dirt, it's that stuff. And then I was a huge Earthworm Jim fan as a kid. My name's James Jim, Earthworm Jim. That it was like the fifth name I think I went through before I was like, I'm sick of changing it. So we just stuck with Earthworm. Yeah. Which I like still kind of regret because like 
if you type in earthworm on Google, it's not like on Pitbull. Like uh, it's like the rapper Pitbull comes up. Uh-huh. Like I'm not gonna come up. Like it's gonna be a <laughs> bunch of worms. worms. Yeah, and then like using that on Spotify and stuff. There's probably you know 20 other earthworms. So that's been super fun, dude. <laughs> but I was like, I'm not changing it again. It's done, dude. I can't do it again. And when did you meet Cleesh? Uh, 2012, maybe. Yeah. Like, were you already making music? I was like recording through one of like the first, you know, those MacBooks that had the little speaker on the Mac. I was like putting a T-shirt on there and then just <laughs> rapping into that. Yeah. As the beat was playing and stuff. Um. So I was like kind of making stuff, but he was the first dude that kind of like he had a mic and he had some shit to help me with. For a while, for a couple of years, I was playing shows and it was just my laptop. Yeah, Not yeah. bring my laptop to shows and play songs with my laptop, you know. But um, what was the question? How you met him? How'd you meet Cleese? Oh, uh, my buddy Taylor Musselman. It's like one of my first friends when I moved to Utah, and they're really good friends. And I think he hooked us up somehow. I was like, I need someone to, you know, DJ my shows, and he was like, I'll do it. And yeah. I was like, cool. And I honestly don't think we knew each other that well. I he's just he's down, dude. You, you know what I mean? He's like, let's get it. <laughs> and then you know, kind of from that moment, I was like, all right, we're just gonna, you know. This works. Well, and he said you guys like <laughs> uh, kind of connected over like some emo shit. Like you had these kind of wild ideas about what you wanted yeah, to do. Yeah. I mean, and his ideas are like, I thought, you know what I mean? Like I had some wacky ideas. I was trying to go super emo with some stuff and he was down. Like I, like I, when I say he's down, he's just like, what do you want to do? You know? <laughs> and um, he also brought stuff to the table, which was cool. Some of the dudes I worked with before, we would try to record and stuff and he, there would be nothing there. You know what I mean? And with cliche it was just always like back super back and forth and stuff um we did that he he recorded zugs wang for me which is my very first project uh can i find that somewhere it might still be on soundcloud that's still my like i loved that project but i didn't know how to like not enunciate but i didn't know how to like speak into a mic so i'm very i'm like rapping like this like very quiet you know Uh and then me and him did Welcome Home together. And I think every beat on there is his. That one was like too big for our britches shit. We were like 25. Remember when people used to put 20 songs on an album and stuff? <laughs> like Welcome Home is pretty emo. Is There's, that somewhere? Um, I kind of scrubbed that one, but I could find it for you. But yeah, I was just, you know, I was just a bummed out dude. So uh-huh. a lot of it's bummed out. And then I kind of do it the opposite of other dudes. Like, you know, you got an album of 10 songs, they do seven happy ones, and then there's like a couple sprinkled in there uh-huh. that are like serious. It's like, I'm like, man, I got to sprinkle a couple happy ones in here, or we are fucked, dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know if you'd call it emo. Like, I don't know. Emo hip-hop, like what people call that now, yeah. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is. Like, is it the little Peep stuff, or is it... I Like, I'm just... I don't really know... What I was doing was just rapping about sad stuff. And I'm still doing that, man. Like, all of them are like that, so. Well, I don't know. Like, Always the Sun is very mm. not that. Dude, that was <laughs> that was my therapist, a.k.a. Cliche's <laughs> attempt at getting me out of the dumps, dude. Oh, yeah. He's like, dude, we gotta make some happy shit, bro. And I'm like, we could do that. We could do that. <laughs> we could try. And, like, some of it is like there's distance that song in there that's a bummer <laughs> that's true it's not ha- it's like chill but it's not necessarily happy yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but yeah there's a couple songs on sunday is like one of my favorites yeah, dude yeah. I, I love like when those songs do come out they're some of my favorites because it's such a rarity for me and him to be like whoa dude it's a happy one we better <laughs> we better lock this one in man um but yeah i loved that project too everything i've done with cliche is just so much fun because it's constantly different uh-huh um 
And I don't know if he was doing that on purpose, but I was down. I'm down. Really? Because yeah. mm-hmm. like, yeah, there is a feeling for each album. I feel. Yeah, like. we've always been about like concepts and stuff. So like, you you talk about it beforehand. Like you knew always the sun was gonna be. Oh man, I wish I could remember fully. Well, what, or what about like ENC returns? You're like, we're just gonna talk some. Okay, shit. Okay, ENC returns was very straight up in the beginning. I think I had that Jarve song uh-huh. before we even thought about the album i think i was like yo give me that beat like i'm gonna send this to jar where i think that's how that happened Uh i could be wrong but um yeah that album i was like yo i want to talk shit yeah like and because we've never done that you know what i mean and i can do that like (laughs) and it's you know what it's it wasn't high on my list of priorities until kind of that time Uh and i was like yo let's talk some shit and his beats during that time that he was doing he was just like Dude, just pumping out these like weird little bass beats and uh-huh. stuff, and I, I was super into it. Um, oh yeah, I got love for everyone, you know. But uh-huh. I was like, we gotta start being competitive again in Ogden because uh-huh. it ain't really happening, you uh-huh. know. I think with every other one, there was at least some sort of conversation. Mm-hmm. Flowers, obviously, we were probably like, let's write an album about flowers. I don't know. Yeah, and I mean. ENC Returns, like maybe my favorite hip hop album dude, ever. That's dude. crazy. The Thank you, man. Fucking, that's crazy. Because those beats, like you say, yeah. he's fucking on fire. Dude. The stuff you're saying, the flows, like that's another thing. It feels like you really decided, like, we're going to just get creative with these flows. Yeah. Maybe it's part of talking shit that you're like, we better, you know, yeah. some fire. I think it made it easier, too. You know what I mean? Like, it's a weird thing to say it like this, but I feel like Cliche's beats are dumbed down in that. And I think my raps are dumbed down in that. And huh. I think that's what helped. Huh. I think we stopped, like, we weren't tripping too much on this song into this song. And I think we were just trying to go for it. And then I was only writing like, you know, one verse for most of those songs and then a chorus. And then I was like, let's get a feature on this. Let's get a feature on this. I just wanted to make it like a Earthworm and Friends type thing. But yeah, dumbing it down was the way to go, I think. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, because I mean, I know what you mean about the beats. Like they are like simplified, mm-hmm. but like they're also just like, I don't know how that makes them amazing. Something to do with Room to Breathe. You yeah. know what I mean? Because there was room for me to do my thing. And then me writing less, I'd just write a verse or something. There was room to do his thing with like scratches and stuff like that. And we, I think we really hit the nail with that one. Plus, just the whole project as a whole was so much fun to make. You can feel that. Yeah. Like, I did those Game Boy cartridges. Like, that was so much fun. I love and, that idea. Like, everything that we did, I think people kind of tweaked out on. Uh-huh. And I think that's just what... That project had its own energy. And yeah. it was so sick, dude. Yeah. But... Yeah, be careful what you wish for. I was like, let's do some crazy happy. I don't give a shit shit. And then since then, I've been like, bro, I don't know what to do. Like, you know what I mean? So how'd you find Jarve? Man, I don't even know. Like when we were recording Zugzwang, I saw him on YouTube. So that's like 2012 or 2014 maybe. And he won like a, or maybe got second in this like rap competition. It was called Definition of a Rap Flow. And I think that's how he got big eventually. But dude, he just was crazy on this. And um, I thought about it for like, I don't know, eight years. And I followed him on Instagram for a while. And then I was just like, dude, you got to get you on something. And uh-huh. he was like, all right, cool, let's do it. Yeah. And I was kind of expecting, I don't know what I was expecting. I don't know if he wasn't like, he wasn't going to hit me back or what. But he hit me back pretty quick. And he was like, this is dope, I'm on it. And I, he got it back to me super quick. Nice. And then that's how I met like Nata and all them. That's what I was thinking is those guys kind of were like yeah. part of his. I just kind of felt like that crew he has out in Vermont and stuff. I think they're in New York now. But um, that whole style of music and all their homies and stuff, I started finding it all. And I was like, dude, I feel like this is kind of what I've been doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was really cool to find them. Uh, 
And they're dope, dude. Yeah. Nate's new project is crazy. Oh, yeah. I was just like, you guys are so out of my league. Like, thank you for working with me. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? Because like, of your songs. I've listened to their stuff, and it's like, dude, Jarvis crazy. especially. Like, that yeah. guy's just, he goes dude, his, his flow is so nuts. Yeah. And like, and that's the thing is he knows it. That's why, yeah. like, with the ENC2, me knowing it and having that energy and confidence on there is why I think it works so well. Right. That dude, like, emanates just like, ooh, I'm so <laughs> sick, man. Yeah. So sick. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that uh, uh, it's Ego Slayer. That's like one of the best. Dude, he came songs. through on that too. Yeah. I was like, when he sent it to me, I was like, oh shit, dude. Oh, oh. oh man, this is good. But and then I had to come back. But I did that one. Like I had him come in early uh-huh. before the chorus. So when I do it live, I'm always like, what do I do? Uh-huh. Like I just have this really short little. I've thought about trying to rap it, and I'm like, I can't do that, bro. Man. I can't. I can't get that down. It's crazy. I've been thinking that I fucking I loved watching you perform that live, but it looks hard as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. I don't know. I, sometimes it's easier to rap fast. Yeah. And I think it's because you know where your breathing spaces are. Yeah. Cause yeah, I don't know. When we first released that, I definitely had my inhaler at the shows. Yeah. The Salt Lake one especially. Uh-huh. I was like hitting that thing between every song, like yeah. <laughs> fucking blunt or something, bro. But back in the day, I had to do that between every song. Yeah. I'd be like, all right, everybody, you know, talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> Let me get some air, man. This is crazy. But the other tough part about that is like you got features on all these songs, and so then you try to perform them live, and you just got to like cut out a verse. Is yeah, that yeah it's really weird, bro. I mean, we never. I mean, a lot of the albums had like one or two features on it. This uh-huh. one, I was like, I want features on most of the album. And then when we did it live, we're like, ah, shit, dude, this is like eighteen minutes without, you know, which is fine. It's just a lot of those songs are dope, and you want them to go for longer. Hell yeah! I've thought about adding adding a new verse to it or something like that, uh-huh. or. Like I said, maybe like rapping their shit. Uh-huh. Like it just, it's too weird. So, so are you still a guy, like you've still got the, the notebook that you're just writing down these little one-liners, like talking that much shit seems hard. It's funny. Cause I do struggle with it. Like, I mean, I could talk shit. Like I'm a petty motherfucker, dude. <laughs> I will talk, I'll talk some smack, but to like continuously think of new ways and new creative ways to say stuff like that is super difficult for me. So a lot of it comes from me writing a verse, scrapping pieces of it. Once I get like a little bit of an idea and then I'll come back to it. And I don't do that a lot with any of my other stuff. I rarely do that. But with that one, especially like I scrapped little pieces here and there. And a lot on that album, I think I had Forrest do his verse first Mm. and like kind of help me give me an idea too. Um, Or I do a verse, send it to him. They'd send me one and then I'd redo mine. Yeah. So I want to go back to... Sandlot. Um, did you know that was going to be about Ogden? Um, yeah, I think so, mainly just because when I bought the beat, it was called Sandlot. And he put it to, because oh. um, that's the only beat on there that's not cliche. You bought the beat. Yeah. And it, for like 40 bucks or something from some dude in New York. Like huh. I saw, this was when Instagram was kind of just popping off and you could put videos on there. And um, he had a black and white video and it was like, some scene from Sandlot huh. and he was playing that and that, and that was the beat on there. And I was like, I need this. Like, huh. It just immediately reminded me of Ogden, obviously. Yeah. So, um, I think I probably knew that I was eventually gonna write it all about Ogden just yeah. based off that. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And that was everyone, everyone that I rapped about on the end of that was just everyone that we were all, Dude. we were all doing stuff together. The end of that was so good. It's like, you know, there's one feel to the song, but then you get to the end and it's just like, Fucking Ogden. Yeah, yeah, dude. And I can't even remember everyone that I like 
set on there. I know I like there's probably some fools that have come and gone on there. Oh yeah, I've tried to look some of them up and couldn't find them anymore. Yeah, I wonder who's on there. I well, Pharaoh is still around. Pharaoh's uh-huh. dope. That's my homie. But like a lot of us, we just kind of like started doing different stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just I had this weird back in the day I wanted everyone just to start doing shows together. Uh-huh. Like I was just like this is so weird. Like yeah. Ogden was in like a down because we lost all ages venue. Most of us were like just turning 21 and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And so a lot of the bands were just like older bands that had been playing. None of us like fit in with this. Yeah. So I was pretty adamant about including everyone I could in hip hop shows once they let me play shows. Is it more friendly to hip hop here now? Yeah, 100%. But um, I think when I was like 23, I started bringing everyone I could to shows. Like I was bringing Salt Lake rappers galore like yeah. as many anyone that i like anyone that wanted to play a show that i didn't consider whack <laughs> like i was like please come play a show with me because i was trying to inspire something you know what i mean yeah. i was trying to get it going again that's the thing that i feel like i've noticed about you is you've always been sort of trying to bring it all up with you as you're doing like you're trying to build the foundation for yourself kind of but just yeah. for the area yeah i'm like pretty i'm pretty adamant about that even like now i'm like y'all need to get on your shit but like that you know respectfully yeah like it's all it's not on you to keep like a city going with whatever genre you're doing like you don't got to do that i think a lot my focus was so local instead of national that i think i probably missed a lot of opportunities i didn't really tour i i don't think i would like it like yeah. you know what i mean yeah. i like road trips but i don't like having to go to work out of the middle of a road trip but um it's not on the venues anymore There's so many that are like, hey, you know, come through. So like, yeah, like get a better set together, you know, do longer than 10 minutes if you can, you Uh know, make the show an event, like do get three acts that you think work well together, you know, something that you think is going to bring people together and you think those fans will mix. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's really not that complex. Like, But it does seem like the bands have to do it. The bands kind of have to put together the night themselves because the the venues don't really know how to do it right. Yeah. Jeff Billerback, I will say, that's the man. I've I've been with that dude. He's a sound dude and the promoter at uh, Funk and Dive. Mm. He, when I first started playing at Mojo's, he was there. So I've known this man forever. Uh That guy has always been about playing super wacky shows. Um with completely different genres and just bringing in anyone he can. He's always hitting me up like to play with someone I've never heard of, which I really like that because I have the opportunity to like, you know, check this person out. And usually what it, how it works, those venues are hitting you up. Like they hit me up and they're like, I have these dates in the next six months or whatever. Do you want any of these? So I'll have a couple of venues hit me up like that. Yeah. I pick and choose dates from there. I just hit up people. You know Uh what I mean? Like I do everything. And that's kind of been like Cleesh does all the recording stuff. He does all that stuff that I hate doing. And then I'll do basically like the networking. Yeah. And um, I just think that's super important. I don't know if that's going on. Maybe it is. And I'm just kind of, I don't leave my house much. So I don't want to be talking too much trash, you know. But it seems like you were sort of trying to build that with uh, Ogden Hip Hop too, right? Yeah. I just kind of saw the same thing happening that happened last time. And it's a generation that gets older. Like you got real life to live, you know? Uh And so you still have time to do these things that you love to do, but that's the problem is there's nothing like to hold. There's no foundation to hold until the next. Uh So really my first thought with that was like, it's hip hop, any form of hip hop. I don't care what you do. I don't even care if I like it. Like I just wanted everyone to be on the same page with like, this is Ogden hip hop. Turns out that's like a lot of work, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And I couldn't get anyone to help me. It was like, dude, I can't. I mean, dude, some of these younger kids, like, they're they're wild with, like, 
their work ethic. I'm like, bro, like I still don't work that hard and you know how to do everything. Uh-huh. That's the crazy thing. Before me, it was you you rapped, you recorded, you made beats. All of those things were separate. Like no one was doing multiple things, but like these kids are like making cover art, you know, making all their own beats. They're recording themselves. They're probably mastering themselves. Like, you know what I mean? Everything they're doing is like themselves and that's way too much work for me. But yeah, um with the Ogden hip hop thing, I just kind of got to a point where I was like, I don't know if people really need this like I thought they did. Uh-huh. And I kind of thought it would just kind of start going by itself. And then I was like, I'm just going to hand off this Instagram page. Like, um, what's that? You know, Pirates of the Caribbean, when the pirate, they never know if it's the same pirate or not. You know what I'm talking about? Davy Jones. It's never like... Davy Jones, the squid face Not guy? the squid face guy. I don't actually know Pirates of the Caribbean super well. <laughs> but you know, like um, Orlando Bloom. Okay. Oh, like yeah. he and takes over oh, yeah, yeah. and then they never know who the, they always think it's one dude. Right. Like I was hoping it would just do that. dude. Right. Not like pirates, but... Like, <laughs> Right. The way I explain shit is so shitty. Yeah, exactly. I was just like, I'll make this. Someone could take it. Then they can do it. They, you know what I mean? I was just kind of like, I was just trying to lift some of the homies up because I could see a lot of these kids just turned 21. And God, I would hate to play my first shows at a bar. Oh, yeah. That's rough, dude. Yeah. I got lucky too. Mojo's like, Ron taught me how to write like proposals to venues and stuff. Oh, that's cool. So he taught me like, if I, if I'm, charging something an amount instead of just asking for a percentage of door um i taught me how to like type that up and be like this is what i'm doing and he taught me how to like ensure my equipment like me and cleese were very adamant about that at first was because you know you if we lost our equipment at a show if something got like a beer poured on it or something we could not replace it back then yeah like we were poor yeah i learned most uh, most of my stuff from mojos from playing these underage shows where no one's gonna like yell at you and you know, no one's going to talk over you. They're all there to for the music. Yeah. So I can't even imagine, man, playing yeah. the first show. My first show at a bar, I had seven songs, and I played them like 15 times, bro. <laughs> I didn't know how bar shows worked because no one taught me. So I played at Sandtrap, R.I.P., and yeah. I had seven songs, and I played my seven songs, and I was like, what's up? No one told me they didn't book other artists. That, that was my job. Oh, wow. Like, you have to go oh. for four hours. And I was like, <laughs> I played my entire discography which was seven songs at the time do you know what i mean so i i would play it take a 20 minute break play it again and like people would filter in and out and i was like oh they haven't seen it yet i'll do yeah, it again yeah but My yeah man, they're singing along yeah <laughs> i have backup dancers and shit by the end of it yeah man someone i wish someone would have told me no one told me bro so yeah. maybe that was stuff like that super hard to navigate yeah. alone yeah so and so are you making stuff now uh yeah, so I took a huge break. Um, I've got an EP with this dude Nate Kiz. I don't know if I'm supposed to tell you this or not. Mm. I don't know. He's like working on projects with other people, and we're not allowed to release this because he's like kind of in the talks with labels about other stuff. So we're kind of stuck in limbo. Oh. I I wrote it all in like a day, like a year ago, and oh. then I just I just got so bummed, and I just didn't want to touch music, and it's kind of how it happens. But I have like I think it's nine songs, so it's an album. It's not an EP, I guess. Oh. Um. And then I've got like seven songs with my homie Dumbluck, um, and he's producing on that. Mm. So I've got, yeah, two different producers on two different projects. And um, me and Cleesh just kind of started messing around the other day with talks of our next stuff. Nice. Um, That's cool. Yeah, I usually need like a little bit of a break, but this break was, it was major, dude. I don't know when I dropped DNC2, like 2022? Yeah, I think so. Two years in February. Yeah. Which is psychotic for me, but I just wasn't, I wasn't feeling it, dude. 
But so when you're doing it with those guys, uh, those other producers, you kind of just do your thing and then you you let them run with it and work with it until um, kind of the opposite. So oh. with Dumbluck, I mean, we've rapped together for forever. He's an incredible art. He was on ENC too. Um, he's making all the beats. And then he's sending me the beats. I'm coming through and recording at his place. And then he's like kind of figuring out what he wants to do from there. For the most part, it's a 50-50 split. Yeah. Um, with the Nate Kiz stuff, we did it different because he lives in Ohio or something. Cleveland, Cincinnati. He sent me like snippets and beats. Uh, he sent me like 50. It was the coolest thing in the whole world because I got to pick and choose. Um, you don't usually get to do that, at least at that extent. Um, and then I, I wrote to all of them. Uh, recorded them with cliche, just demos, sent them back, and then he remade the beats around my vote, which is what cliche would do. You know what I mean? It was what, it's what we would normally do, but he's back there, so we couldn't do it in person. So it was this really cool, like snail mail way of doing things. Um, and so like he did some stuff with my lyrics. You know, when there's a spot, he'll like if, if I say something about drums, he'll like bring up the drums, oh, cool stuff like that. Nice. Uh, but yeah, it's very different than working with cliche, just because. The comfort level with cliches. Uh-huh. I could say, I don't like that. I mean, yeah. It's fine. And he can be like, dog, what? You know, I'll be like, yeah, I'll cut that. So it's kind of different. Um, well, like you kind of get into the whole picking samples at first. Like you'll kind of get in at the ground level with cliche, right? Yeah, actually. With everyone else, I kind of like pick full beats from them. Yeah. With cliche, he'll send me some. And once we kind of catch a vibe is really where it starts. Right. Like I think that's what happened with Always the Sun is that first song on the album, the vintage song, mm-hmm. I think that one. And then one that didn't make the, uh, didn't make the project. He sent me those two. And I was like, we're going off of this huh. basically. And so we kind of, we usually cater something around like a main idea. Yeah. And it's usually something that he finds. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he does kind of try to get me looking for samples and stuff though. Like I'll sample hunt or find beats. I like, or projects where I'm like, dude, what if we did something like this? Like yeah. a lot of that, we take a lot of that from the world. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know Boone, a uh, super young adult cop kid? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was watching his dog at his house, and that dude sent me all these beats. And I didn't really, we were just meeting like online and stuff. Uh-huh. And uh, I, uh, I sat there and wrote all day at his house, and I wrote like six songs. And I thought I'd keep one, and I was like, all of these are good, man. So I, I think, and then the second day I wrote three more or whatever, and so we had nine songs. I recorded them. We were both super amped on the project, and then I just hit super crazy mud (laughs) i was just super depressed like just felt like sludge and i didn't want to do anything Uh and then cliche was super busy with other projects and i was like i don't want to record finals of these while he's in the middle of this Uh so it was kind of like a couple factors and i just didn't do anything Uh for a long time well man that's what's tough about lyrics is you've got to like be inspired or else it's just going to be a bunch of churning shit yeah exactly like i feel like i have to travel yeah. And come back to be able to, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's the other thing, dude. People, I don't know, people got to get back into it. It's like, dude, if I, if, if I don't get inspired in five years, then I don't write for five years. Yeah. I can't fake it. It's really hard. If I'm being funny, I can fake it. Uh-huh. I can do fake funny raps. You know yeah, what I yeah. mean? But that's not the earthworm stuff I want to release. Back in the day, that's what everyone did. Before, you know, like constant content all Uh, this weird like shove shit in your face every day like artists got to be tired now dude i don't know how they're doing it but back in the day it was like you wrote an album then you took a year off you know what i mean and like you were working in that year you were writing and stuff but you were getting inspired though yeah exactly (laughs) you're finding new shit you know but 
And I think Cleach knows that too. Like he'll send me a pack of beats. And if nothing comes back his way, now it's pretty great because he has like more projects to do. So he can be like, all right, cool. I'll go do this. I'll go do that. For a while, we were doing funny shit where I would just like be like, all right, I'm young Jupiter now. And then we would write like three songs on this different <laughs> thing and it'd be really trashy. And that would just get it out of my system. Yeah. And then I could go back to, you know, like doing stuff I, I cared about and songs I wanted to write about. Dude, I mean, it's not work. The second it starts feeling like that, I start getting bummed, which is why I haven't been playing shows either. Like, I think I want to, and then the day comes up, and I'm super anxious, and I'm, like, panicky, and I'm, like, and I I think what it is is not having new music to release. Now I have, like, 50 songs to choose from. Yeah. But it's, like, I know what ones work at bars. Yeah. So I'm not going to deny the crowd of those ones. There's Mm -hmm. songs that I might like to play more, but I'll play that at a different type of venue. Yeah. So the bar shows and stuff, I'm, like, I need some new shit, bro. Yeah. What about you guys? Don't do like uh, music videos ever, do you? No, <laughs> I like to make music. That's where I have drawn the line. Like I hate doing photo shoots, like everything like that. I hate doing it. Music videos, I would love to do it. I don't want to rap at a camera. You oh, know what I mean? Yeah. Like everybody has done that. It's fine. It's whatever. I get it that like you want to have visual shit too Uh i don't want to do it yeah i did a couple of them back in the day we did one for flowers for meadows and it actually turned it turned out really cool right Um, like walking around 25th and stuff yeah we're handing people flowers and that idea was so cool that i was i I was like i was with it you know what i mean but since then i'm just i don't like being on camera it feels fake and i i know that's weird but Uh it's just to me i i don't know how to explain it i don't like doing that yeah, pictures are out. If you look at even my albums, like I don't have pictures of myself on the albums at all. Yeah. It's always like illustrations. Art. Yeah. yeah. And I usually try to find someone local, you know. Huh. I always think if I ever was to do it though, dude, it would be like me like with a cowboy hat and a guitar, like with my foot against the wall and some boots. Like so, like a cowboy cover, you know? Hell yeah. And, and everyone's like, What the hell is this, bro? <laughs> but I see I can't do it in a serious manner is the problem. And that I think that's the thing too. If like you film me, if if we filmed a live thing. It would be all right. Because oh. I did that with um, Sunnybrook way back in the day. I don't know if he's still doing that or not. But he was doing like live performances. And I did something on Flowers with him. And I really liked doing that. And it was like a one single shot. And he had like a cool setup and everything. I like doing stuff like that. Yeah. But like oh, I like writing. Yeah. I like writing, dude. And that's like <laughs> where I draw the line, dude. I'm like, I'm done. I'm done, dude. <laughs> well, I'm performing. Because fuck it. I love watching you perform, man. Dude, I, I, I do love performing. Um, I got to get back to it soon. Dude, if it's not fun, I'm not put. I don't want to force it, dude. Because like most of life is not fun. Not to sound emo, <laughs> but like there's so much non-fun shit yeah. that you gotta do. Uh-huh. Like the doctor, dude, and bills, dude, and working, dude. Yeah. All that sucks. Right, pursuing your passion takes all this shit that is not your passion. Yeah, I need to learn how to take all this music stuff that I've been doing and put it to good use. Other than this, like. Huh. Like a job, like business. That's the job I need, bro. I need to sit back and then they're like, hey, you ever made a cartridge, like a Game Boy card? <laughs> Actually, bro, I have a lot of experience in that. So You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I need to be able to transfer that over to the real world. I'm going to find a way to inspire you. Dude, make me anything. And that's the thing. I don't know if Cleach told you, but like, we are always trying to sample local homies. Yeah. Because it's way cooler. And then you can just put them as a feature. Yeah. Like we had, um, you know, Chris Aguilar? Uh-huh. He's the horn on one of the songs on Always the Sun. Oh. I don't remember which one, but nice. he's on there. Um, I think we've sampled local homies without telling them. Yeah. Because I think it'd be funny. <laughs> like, <laughs> if you got on a label and then I got sued, and you'd be like, wait, I know that guy. 
<laughs> but it's just, I think it's cool, man. I've always wanted, I thought that would be a cool thing to do with Ogden hip hop. That was one of my first ideas was to get stems from every musician in Ogden and then compile them onto like a little database. You know what I mean? And it's like, what kind of music, like, what do you want to sample? Yeah. And then people can dig through local artists. And I thought that would be so cool. Cause then you don't got to worry about all these weird restrictions. Yeah. Um, sample clearance and all that. So, yeah, you ever do that shit, dude? I'll steal that shit from you so quick. You might not even know, dude. I might have stolen something from you, dog. Nice. I was outside your window with a mic, dude. <laughs> you had a funky bass riff, dude. I was like, oh, shit. Thanks, man. Yeah. Is there anything else? No, I, I think I hit it all. I got crazy. So, I'm not kidding. There's about an hour more of that. And it was a great time, and I want to thank Worm for coming out. I'm going to put the rest on my Patreon, because I've been saving up a few things to make that Patreon cool. I've got a post-show conversation with Resonomics and Deanne Armis, where we talk about a bunch of cool stuff. I think I'll even throw up the one-chip challenge that I Amazing dragged me into, where I'm pretty sure I look like an asshole, but it was a good time. So, go find us on Patreon. And look, monetizing this stuff isn't easy or fun, but without at least a little money for basic expenses, cool things die. So go buy something from an artist, buy a CD from a musician, even if you don't have a CD player, go throw some money to people doing cool things like the Van Sessions, make sure they know you appreciate their work so the work stays fun, and have a great week.